Holy Puck, your number one source of hockey news, views, and abuse. It seems to be part of the course for the fucking Habs these days. I, I will definitely take all your advice on spark plugs. You're a piece of shit. Uh, it's good, wholesome fun. Vibes around. Good vibes around. Holy Puck. Old fans longing for a return to the glory days. So aggressive. And then there's young fans so who don't aggressive. know what a glory day is. Shame! Braden Spudby. It was such a one-sided fight. It was brutal. That's top-notch comedy. If you don't appreciate that, you can fuck off. Right, should we talk about how much I hate the pens right now? Have you hit record? I have. Oh, so we're in. We're in. We're in. I figure, fuck it. Why not? I've had like nine beers, so I'm all good. Wow, what a surprise attack. There you go, Holy Puck listeners. John, after nine beers, lost the ability to introduce the show, run an intro track, act like a professional. <laughs> I feel like you're talking about the wrong podcast here, Cam. <laughs> you fuck with. Well, well, I was going to say the very definition of professional is when you you become a professional when you're paid to do something. We are yet to be paid once. Yet to be paid, therefore we are not professionals. Correct. So, for those of you playing along at home, this is episode 22 because my computer fucked and we lost the last episode. So this is this is how it is. This is this is the the, the Stanley Cup preview show. Um, we should have done one last week, but yeah, it fucked up. What are you going to do? But here's the thing which is really disappointing. For the Stanley Cup preview show, I put in a couple of hours of actual really work. Like analytical and statistical analysis. Yeah, and then we've got like it totally fucked up, and then we're just like, yeah, we'll totally do the show tomorrow. It never happened. It never happened. And let's be honest, who who were we kidding to suggest that we do the same show again? Who were we? Yeah, kidding? it was it was pretty hard. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I was actually super salty when it when it failed out on us. I'm like, me too. I was oh. super cut because it was actually a good episode. It could have been potentially our best episode yet, Cam. Look, I'm not going to get too carried away because I'm not one to big up myself. But you are, so you will. But I am. So yeah, <laughs> it, was re- it was really good. It was potentially our best researched episode yet. Surprisingly. You know, like in, the, in the words of the, the great Michael Rappaport, the vanilla thriller, you know. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Dr. Hardbody Karate himself. Yeah. Look, we don't normally fact check because we don't have to because we're really clever. But I fact-checked the shit out of that. I know. It was particularly good. I have to say, Cam, I, for one, was proud. But, you know, I'm not anymore because we're in the new show. So this is this was episode 22. So we're going to cover off the first two games of the Stanley Cup playoff final. And let me tell you, it has not gone the way that everyone who listened to the Cinderella story episode thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me stop you there and we'll just go back a little bit because I thought before we actually delved into the summary of game one and two, we could we could recap our pre-series thoughts. And we did say that it'd be a case of the Penguin speed versus the Sharks grit. Um, we didn't think it'd be a Sharks whitewash, but we were both angling for a six-game series with a 4-2 win to the Sharkies. Yeah, I'm um, going to say I'm loving the fishing metaphors. At the very Keep going. least, they would leave the Berg tied 1-1. We definitely didn't think the Pens would be leaving Pennsylvania with a 2-0 series win. I'm a little stressed out. How do you feel? Uh, I'm exactly the same. I kind of thought that it would be just a nice little even 1-1 scenario. We'd see a little bit more um, a little bit more of that grit. But, you know, speed's winning right now. And the Sharks look very stressed out. 
I'm not feeling that stressed out because whilst you've been sitting at home pounding beers, I'm enjoying this lovely bottle of rum. So I'm actually quite zen. Oh, really? Well, I'm actually just knee-deep in a vodka right now, so I'm feeling very good about myself. Oh, fantastic. There we go, guys. Hockey and alcoholism. Get in and around it. Yeah, especially if you're following a team from the East Coast that isn't the Pens. Fuck our lives. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Fuck That's a true our story. Lives. But look, honestly, like, I think... I think if everybody was thinking with their heads, everybody could probably concede that they knew the pens were looking really, really good. Um, well, I mean, look at, they've know. outclassed everyone so far, right? They took it to the caps. They've stuck it right up. Everyone well, they've come against. It's and it's just, just their speed. Though, Everything's looking, coming together. They were looking Cam. fantastic in the latter half of the season too. So. That's right. And then Phil just flicked the switch and then decided, you know what? I'm just going to play all of the hockey and fuck everyone else. And it's super upsetting. Yeah, but it's not just Phil. Connor Sheary and Brian Rust have been great. Um, Nick Menino has been, been excellent. And I can't Matt Murray. think of this earlier. Why haven't we been calling him Pooh Knuckle? I don't know. Why haven't we been calling him that? He's well, been playing with them since they swapped coaches too. Why didn't we? Pooh Knuckle. I agree, Camp. Well done. I, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't made fun of his name earlier, to, to be honest. We should I'm have. not even making fun of it. I'm, I'm really happy about it. I know you are. I, why, why wouldn't you be? With a name like that, you can't do anything else but be stoked. So, look, I think everybody, if they were being totally honest with themselves, would realistically concede that the Penguins have been playing fantastic hockey for the last five months. They were always going to be looking at the goods coming into this, se- uh, this series. Absolutely. Uh, and they've, they've every- done such a good job. It's just so incredibly frustrating, Gam. Yeah, and I mean... I'm the first person to concede as well, though, that my hatred for Sid has definitely waned over this year. And, you know, maybe as I delve further and further into fatherhood, I'm softening up. I don't know what it is. I really liked that, you know, the little thing we waxed on about how he, um, God, who's the enforcer on the Pens lineup? Sestito. How he, remember he wrote the note for Sestito's newborn and said, I feel a foot taller every time your dad steps out on the ice. I'm like... Yeah, you know what? He's, he's actually been less of a dickhead this year. He's been crying to the refs less. He's actually just sucked it in and just played some hockey. And you know what? He's actually been a leader as well, which is super important for him um, because he's kind of like the lifeblood of the team, so to speak. He's the, the player everyone looks to. And you know what? I actually think it's pretty good. I don't hate him as much. I still hate him. Don't get me wrong. But I just hate him less. And that's good. Can I ask you a question? Do you think Ovi's taking notes on the leadership side of it? Absolutely not, because he doesn't know how to read nor write. Well, I was actually going somewhere with that, which is I saw a photo of Ovi playing basketball in Russia today. Oh, God. That must have been. I, I'm, I'm picturing no shirts. I'm picturing long socks. I'm picturing hats backwards and gaps in between the front two teeth cam. No, no. It was like it was like a formal game. Um, he's actually paler than you are as well, so it was really weird. That's weird, because there's not many people paler than me. It has to be yeah. said. It's true. He, he kind of looked like a hybrid of you and then Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I don't know. That's, he's he's pretty that's white. white. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, but would you say he was white chocolate? The vanilla thriller? Yeah. Um, he's no Brian Scalabrini, but he's getting there. Oh, wow. Nice name yeah. drop, Cam. Well done. Sweet name drop. All right, <laughs> let, let's get into the game. Let's get into the game one summary with a game that the Pens obviously took by a, a margin of three to two. Um, the Pens' lesser known lights got the business done to put them up to zip, which was Brian Rust and Connor Sheary scored a pair of first period goals. And thankfully, 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Hurdle and Old Man Marlowe each scored in a second to tie it up. You can take it from there, John. Well, I mean, I, I kind of feel like this was the best of the lot so far in terms of high-intensity games. I feel like this was also the best game to watch. Um, but that being said, the third period... Politely was... disagree. Politely wow. disagree. I actually, I like a high-scoring game. So, um, you know, the, the third period was a bit harder to... Uh, you know, a bit harder to watch. The grit came out, but in the dogfight, it was, was a dogfight. That's correct. It finally broke it's out. Between two ocean-dwelling creatures, so maybe we should have said a, a fish fight. A fish fight, even. But you know what? Latang finally earned his money, and you know, a little bit of bit of finesse from Nick Benino, and then bang, there he is. Game-winning goal. Sorry, who did three you minutes say scored the game-winning goal. Uh, it was Nick Benino. One more time for the cheap seats. It was Nick Benino. And whose boy is he? He's your boy, Cam. Well done. Yeah, he is. What a fucking legend. What a legend. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? His beard's pretty legendary, I have to say. Be- very underrated beard. Anaheim, <laughs> you know, Anaheim moving him on in the Kessler trade. Look, I understand. But it hurt everyone. But move. you know what? I, Who's I, laughing I, now, Cam? Who's laughing now? Nick Bonanno oh, with the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's, the, he's been killing thing, it though. all playoffs, though. It's so upsetting. Here's the thing, though. I understand Anaheim's need to move him to Land Kessler. Oh, yeah, Vancouver, they need to do it. not using him correctly and then on-selling him again. Oh, you fucking idiots. For a team terrible. that desperately needs, like, cornerstone young players moving forward, you bunch of fuckouts. I know. And the understated skill that he brings to the table, face-off wins. Holy shit. And he, t- he wins a lot of face-offs when he's in, like, a really uncomfortable position. Like, he wins oh, a yeah, lot. In the defensive in there, zone. Like, and zone. And, that's yeah. right. Hey, um, do you know what's another little interesting tidbit from this game? Tell me more, Cam. This is the seventh year in a row where the game one of the Stanley Cup series has been decided by a single goal, which means we are getting tightly contested, interesting matches, which is what we want. Because, like, let's be honest, unless you are, it's the team that you actually root for, no one enjoys a blowout. Like, you want a contest. Yes, it does not make for interesting viewing at all. Um, I think you're right. And I, I, I kind of... You know, everyone's been talking about the the big difference between East versus West, but I don't know. I feel like this playoffs, this this year's playoffs have been a little bit eye opening because the East have kind of held their own. The, all the matchups have been very interesting. I, I I I just think that you know maybe it's just not as bad as it once was, i.e., three years ago. Oh look, things are definitely leveling out, which is really cool, um, especially in the East because they've got much more exciting teams now. You know, the Caps were halfway decent. The Lightning came through in the end. They look great. Um, well, the one, the one thing I'll say in the West's defense is because it is such a crowded conference because there's so many competitive teams, the one thing that um, is actually not the one thing, but something that's a lot more challenging for them is they run into a potentially much more difficult matchup a lot earlier in the playoffs. Yes, and that, that's always been kind of the way in the West, though, because just yeah. the, the way those teams are situated. And geographically, and where they sit with their conferences, obviously makes it difficult. Wherein the same sort of powerhouse regular season teams will always run into the same other powerhouse team in the playoffs. And then they've basically got to, you know, have a high-octane like conference final for the division for title. So it's a little upsetting. But, you know, it is what it is. Look at it's that been the same way since the 80s, though. So... You know, if that's if that's been a problem for thirty years, they just need to fucking deal with it. As far as I'm concerned, look at that central division though. You've got Chicago, St. Louis, Dallas, and Nashville, like and Minnesota, like all in the same div. Like that's, you know, all five of those teams can knock off anybody on their day. That's a challenge. 
That's right. And I mean, they're so, like I said, they're so, they're, they're so closely bunched together in terms of, I guess, overall skill, um, the way the GM manages the roster. I just, I don't know. I just think it's all good. It's, it's, I mean, either way, it makes for good viewing and will come playoff time. So, but following a team in the East, I don't care that much. One other, um, one other note for game one. The Pens put 41 shots on Martin Jones, and he actually played a phenomenal game. If he hadn't been on, it could have been 5 or 6 0 um, in the first period. Like, he was, they were lucky, the Sharks were lucky to escape the first period, only two goals down, and it's all because of Martin Jones. I have a, I have a feeling that this will come down to a nice little battle of the goalies. Um, I, I, I like Martin Jones. I think he's a legend. I like Matt Murray more because of the story behind it. I'm following my heart with a story um, in terms of the goalies, but in terms of the overall team, eh, I don't care that much. But, you know, it's all good, man. I think the goalies are playing a really good part. Marty Jones has really just stepped it up. Like, it's just, it's a great story, man. And I feel like the older we get, we're getting more romantic and the stories are coming forward. And, you know, we're just, the emotion is driving us to the storylines. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree with you because I actually don't think the goal... I mean, like the goalies are obviously very important, but I don't think they're going to be the focal point um, once the series is done and dusted. It's definitely going to be the depth forwards based off what we've seen. Um, Rust and Shiri have done a fantastic job. Oh, that and we haven't, we haven't seen line. the same from the Sharks, lesser known whites yet. Like, we need to see a step up from, um, you know, Tierney and Donsky and those dudes. Like, um, you know, they've, they've chipped in all season. But and they need to quiet. start chipping in now. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, the, the depth on the, the pens forward, especially the bottom six, has just been incredible. In fact, the bottom six is like winning them the games at the minute. So, you know, the top hey, lines. Before we really get into the game two summary, I forgot to tell you something really funny earlier in the week. Sick. Um, hey, I've got, got time. Hit, tell me now. I got, I got hit with an interference penalty in our game on Tuesday night. Why? Because I'll, like, you know, ran into a dude, blah, 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 and one of his gloves came off. And you know how I'm not normally a nice person? Yes, I'm very familiar with that. I tried to be a good dude, and I actually picked his glove up on my stick and, like, tried to flick it to him. But? And the ref whistled me for interference and put me in the box, said, you know, it's against the rules to interfere with anyone's equipment. And I said, that's bullshit, because everybody here can see I was actually trying to be a good dude and just hook him up with his glove. And then secondly, my follow-up question was, I said, are you going to hit him with an interference penalty too? The ref asked what for, and I said, he looks like a sex pest. He's clearly interfered with someone in his lifetime. He deserves two minutes as well. And the <laughs> ref thought it was fantastic. <laughs> How could he not? Did you make a comment about his rubbish rig and or haircut? Oh, I was on him all night about his rig. That's my go-to. Yeah, well, if you went to the gym more, you wouldn't fall over. That's right. It's all about the gym, man. Got to hit that gym. Right, so, <laughs> so especially uh, dudes named Jim. Look, game two summary, the Pens obviously took this one by a margin of two to one over the Sharks. They did need an OT period to get it done. I um, felt that that OT goal was just like so heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. Oh, it really was. It, was. it was just, yeah. oh, that that was so tough. Like Connor Sheary's killing it. Like he scored in both games and like, yeah. holy shit. Like, did you see Jumbo Joe's reaction? He's sitting on the bench. I, I'm pretty sure he was taping up his wrist and he's just gone, well, this is shit. Picked up his helmet, put it on and has walked off. I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Like, it's Look, just it, it wasn't great. Um, before Connor Sheary broke the back of the shark, so Phil the Kessel run, obviously, put oh, the hands on the how board. How about that goal? It just looks so casual. He's like, you know what? Ah, just tap it in. Just, just tap and it look, in. 
just happening. Tap it in. And, and one more time, guys, that's not Phil the Thrill. That's Phil the Kessel Run. It's going to be a thing. Get used to it. It is a thing. Deal um, with it. Yeah, he capitalized on another slick setup from the HBK Lightmate. It's Benino and Hacklin just getting it done. The Heartbreak Kids are doing such a good job. And you know what? I think it's, I, you know, I love those guys. And I don't know, whilst it's great to watch, man, I, I really want the Sharks to win, but holy shit, they, this game, it's a cool story. They just, oh my God, they just look so under siege the whole time. Like, it's like they came out kind of feeling defeated, especially after yeah. that first game. I'm not going to say walloping because I only lost by one goal, but I think like losing by one goal in a series like this, like it is, it kind of is a walloping because it's an emotional, you know, absolute destruction. And like that, that almost nothing goal from Phil Kessel, where he's just like, you know, just taps it in really nicely. Cause you know, Nick Benino does the old little, you know, fakey off to the right yeah. there. And then, wow, Phil Kessel's like, hey, well, look, he just happens to be, he looks, it's so funny though, because Phil Kessel, he just, he doesn't look like he should be playing hockey at all, especially now no. with his giant beard. Like, you kidding me? Well, quick sidebar on that. So, two things. Um, in Pennsylvania, they've now got an HBK sandwich at a number of um, pubs and bars. Um, I've actually YouTube the recipe that they're using, and I've written it down, so I'll send it to you because it looks fucking awesome. Sick, excellent um, sidebar. Respect the sidebar. I watched the shit out of this game in the pub next to work. Yeah, and the Sharks had. Five legitimate borderline goal chances that hit the post. It oh. was like basically, it was oh. basically a scene out of Happy Gilmore. Is that goal regulation size or what? Yeah, like, like but I mean, they probably should try getting it in more. Oh, okay, I see what you did. They're very clever. Good, um, good coaching. Yeah. Get it in more. Get I feel like I could be really good at coaching from the sidelines, eh? Are you one of those nufties that goes to the local games and when someone's like, oh, just shoot it. <laughs> just shoot it. That's not how it works, dude. Ass hats. Um, look, <laughs> Justin Braun for the Sharks, obviously, he was a short-lived hero. He punched through the equalizer with a long-range blast, which was sick. I was up and about. You know what? That goal was purely earned by the grit of Logan Couture and Joel Ward. There would be no goal if it wasn't for Logan Couture. That's how it is. Uh, Joel Ward, also though, absolute legend. Like everything about him, sick. He just hits. He goes out there. He oh, goes hard. Guru. It's all great. It's it's all good. It's all a great result. You see Joel Ward out there, and he is a, he is a, he's like the X factor that's yet to become an X factor so far because he is the man that has won a few game sevens. So he knows how to get it done. Do you know who the existing X factor for the Sharks is? Paul Martin. Like I said, I oh. watched this game really closely. There was two occasions when. Um, Burnsy had jumped into the play to get on the offense. It was a quick turnover. Was coming back in. Um, Martin Jones was well out of position, and Paul Martin did some kind of weird, like reverse toe dragging, like knee sliding shot block, and filled the net and just took it on the knee, followed his own puck out and cleared it. And he actually did it twice. Yeah, he's a legend. And surprising because didn't he used to play for the Pens? I believe he did used to play for Pittsburgh, John. What an astute observation. Yeah. In fact, I said that a few times this year, that, that they really shouldn't have traded him. So maybe I was wrong. But anyway, definitely that goal was completely off the back of Joel Ward and, and Logan Couture pulling it out of the back from behind the net. There was there, yeah. is, there is no goal without them. That's just how it is. Well, look, little little nerd tidbit. Um, the Pens once again held the advantage in shots on goal by a margin of 30 to 22. What I focused in on though was the Sharks outshot and they out, uh, sorry, they out hit and they out blocked the pens 
Um, plenty of analysts continue to point to that actually being a negative statistic, though, because if you're on the receiving end of more hits, then that would suggest that you are possessing the puck in greater numbers. We're not here to talk about Corsi because there's better sources for that kind of in-depth statistical bullshit. Uh, I just wanted to throw that that little one out there. Mm. Well, um, you know, we're not big fans of event statistics here, Cam. Well, that's not true because we're big fans, but oh, we, we know like that our audience but we, but... enjoys that we tackle hockey from a more humorous point of view. If you want to listen to statistical banter with no humor, go listen to the Hockey News podcast where that's those three I mean. dudes sit there jerking each other off going... Oh man, I know the Corsi percentage for the Calgary Flames. Like, yeah, no one gives a fuck, and you sound like an asshole. Yeah, and secondly, like, I feel like Corsi probably isn't, the, should be at the top of the things that the Flames should be worrying about. To be perfectly honest. Ooh, puzzing. Exactly. Hey, so let's talk facts versus emotions then. So let's look at the facts. John, well, the ends are out skating and they're out shooting the sharks. That's right, and. We have to say that the Sharks' home ice advantage has been pretty rock solid. So you would expect them coming home, they'd be taking at least one game. Would I be right in saying that? I feel like I would. At least one game and hopefully two games. I'm, I'm the eternal optimist when it comes to this. I would love I want to, to see a deadlock series after four games. I agree. But I don't know. I feel like the Pens are too good right now. And well, it's, it's going to be hard. I ask I ask you this then, are you still buying into our heartfelt desire for San Jose to win their first cup or are you doubting yourself? Well, I can tell you're starting to doubt yourself because it's been all pens all the time. I want them to win still. I, I've, I'm still backing. I haven't put any money on it, unlike other people that I work with. But um, what I will say is that I, I'm starting to falter as well. And I want the Sharks to just swing through and swing it around and make it all better. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's going to work. I, I don't know. I don't know. And that's upsetting to me. Can I tell you something upsetting? Do you know that teams that start a playoff series 0-2 uh, have a 0-10 and 10 record? Yeah, I read that today. And I'm like, oh, it's not looking good, Sorry. Cam. It's not looking good at all. Jumbo Definitely. Joe, I'm not a religious man. I don't pray to a god. I don't recognize false idols. But I do believe in karma, and I've been doing a number of good dude, uh, good dudes, good deeds, good dudes too. Though you're a good dude, John, not do you? Good deeds over the last couple <laughs> of Jesus weeks. Jesus Christ! And I'm going to direct all the good karma I accrue from those good deeds to the Bay Area. Well, that's nice of you, Cam, because they need something because they're definitely not winning games. So I've been thinking about this as well because last week we talked about a taddy chat and we decided that if Phil uh, Kessel won the Con Smythe, I was going to get a Phil Kessel caricature tattoo eating a hot dog. I feel we like have it's... Now we have now decided that even if Phil doesn't win, this is going to happen. Yeah, we're going to set up a GoFundMe. We're going to set up a GoFundMe page. And it's if everyone can throw in a few dollars, I'm going to get this fucking stupid Phil Kessel tattoo. Which has been wife approved, no less. An episode of Holy Puck while I'm getting tattooed. So we're going to make it a video episode. We're going to put it on YouTube, run it through the site, uh, do the audio through our normal means. Um, and you can watch me get a fucking Phil Kessel tattoo while John drinks a couple of beers and we conduct a podcast. I'm definitely going to drink beers and film it. It's going to be great. And you know what? I'll set up the GoFundMe cam. I'll, I'll volunteer my services for 15 minutes. I'm not going to do it after the show because I'm going to go and drink more beers. But yes. what I will do is set it up some point this weekend and see if someone will throw us a few bucks. Maybe they'll oh. throw us heaps of bucks. Probably not. I'm but... quietly confident that everyone in our league will throw in a tenner. And then if if ten if ten or twenty willing listeners throw in five to five to ten dollars, we're pretty much covered. 
So that covers um, the tatty make, and beers. I'll make the call. I'll get it booked in. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that you can come in and film it while it's happening. It'll make for very funny filming at the expense of me having a fucking Phil Kessel tattoo for the rest of my life. But you know what? Worth I'm it. willing to do that for you, the listener, and well, Falky in general. Exactly. And you know what? I think you shouldn't be doing it for, for that. I think you should be doing it for Phil. You should be doing it for hot dogs. You should be doing it for fat dude, for skinny dudes who look like they should be fat and for dudes who have great beard game. I think that's that, I think that's more important than anything else, Cam. Great beard game. Do you reckon Phil Kessel will respond to me on Twitter when I get it done? Absolutely. Fantastic. That's worth it then. All right, I'm in. You're already in, Cam. Don't try and don't don't try and lie to make friends. I know. I know that you're <laughs> in. All right? All right? So fuck you. All right. Well, look, that's pretty much all we're going to chat about tonight. But well, there's not much more to chat about. Monday, is we're it... going to summarize the action that's going to go down over the next 72 hours. And we're also going to run through, you know, contract signings and trade rumors and things that are starting to pop up. Yeah, there's um, a few little... You, little you will few... see more and more of those coming to fruition over the next few days. That's right. And then we're also going to talk what our schedule is going to be moving forward. Because obviously, as this, the season starts to whittle down, we're going to ramp down a, a little bit. So we just need to we need to be clear with how we're going to move forward with the podcast. I feel like we're, I feel like we're definitely going to have a presence out there, Cam. We're definitely going to be covering some of the, the, the greater moves and then talking about the greater implications to the rest of the league, whether we're right or wrong, a.k.a. we're always right. Oh, look, dude, I cannot fucking wait for off-season banter. Oh, man. Hey, Cam, can I ask you this? What's better, the Stanley Cup playoffs or, or off-season trades? Oh, I can't even answer that. Yeah, neither can I. I know. I know. It's, I know. What do you do? What do you do? I don't know. It's so hard. Anyway. Look, the, the, the enthusiast in me says the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the but really says the GM shit. Oh, man. Couch GMing is fucking red hot, hey? Mm. Yeah, you knew it. I knew it. It's all there. All right. I'm going to let you go. It's been it's been a pleasure as always though. Oh, as usual. So we we you know, so to cover it all off, um, the pens are heading to the shark tank for the next two games, which are gonna conveniently occur over the weekend, Cam. So lovely. Which is gonna be lovely. Um so by the end of it by the end of the weekend we should have a rough idea to see what's gonna it could be a sweep, Cam. There, I'm there into could, it. Oh, there could be a sweep. Maybe the sharks will take one game. Maybe we'll we're going back to Philly to conclude the season who knows there's a lot on the line in the next few hours look whatever happens happens man i'm ready for it i'm into it i'm totally into it so i will speak to you next time sounds good hey care sweet listener oh man